Check one, two. Where's my levels? There they are. Okay. Can you talk? Sure, I can talk all day if you want. Yeah, there they are. All right, where are we? We are at the Brunetti Lofts, which were built with Mile High United Way and Volunteers of America to support members of our community who need affordable housing. What are you holding? I'm holding pizza, and it smells delicious. It is. It does smell pretty good. <laughs> okay. Well. All right, Jasmine, just text me back. Let's see what she said. Coming down. She'll be here in a minute. So this is uh, Rhino. Yeah, what's interesting is this neighborhood, as most of you will know, is now a very gentrified, up and coming, very hip neighborhood with lots of restaurants and bars. And yet when these lofts were first conceived and built, it was quite an impoverished area of Denver. Totally. Hi there. Hi. Are, are you Jasmine? Yes, that hey, is Jasmine. I. I'm, I'm Nathan. How are you doing? Nice to meet you, Nathan. Thanks. I'm well, thank you. Great, good. Good to meet you too. And thank you for letting us come over. Oh, no. It. No problem. Think about the way the world is and the way that the world could be. All of our systems are interrelated and interdependent multiple pathways for a common purpose. We're looking at a human being and there's a life story. 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 Hey, this is what's going on. An Elevated Denver starts now. After the pizza, Jasmine's kids left us alone as we sat on the couches in her living room and she shared her story. As with the other stories we've shared, some of this may be triggering to some listeners. So take care while listening. And here's Jasmine. Okay, so originally born and raised in Jackson, Tennessee, which is an hour outside of Memphis, Tennessee. It's a small town. It was too close for comfort, if you ask me. Because everybody knew everybody. I'm the second oldest of seven, but I am the oldest girl. My mom had an addiction. So all of my siblings and I, we were separated amongst family. My dad had gotten custody of me in the fifth grade. I stayed with him and his family. His sister who helped him raise me, she was a big part of my upbringing. She's pretty much set the way of how to be a responsible teenager into an adult. She opened my first bank account when I was 15. I had got a job at Sonic. That was my very first job. I worked at Sonic from 16 to 24. I learned how to budget because once I received my job at Sonic, I was an extracurricular. I was a cheerleader. I did track and field. And my aunt told me moving forward, you are responsible for everything you need except for room and board. So cheerleading camp, practice, clothes, everything. I had to learn how to budget at 16. If it's something I wanted to do, I made it happen. From there, once I graduated high school, I moved straight to Memphis, Tennessee with my mom's side of the family. It wasn't the best experience, but it was the experience that helped me become who I am today. When I moved there, my mom was still on drugs at the time, so she wasn't present. So I was living with her mother, and that was a bumpy road. She ended up putting me out at 19. 
So I was homeless. I was sleeping out of my car, but I continued to work. And then I met Jordan's dad and his family ended up taking me in because Jordan's grandmother caught me sleeping in my car multiple times. And she really fussed at me about it. Little did we know that I was pregnant at the time too. So she took me in. She told me I still have to pay rent just like everybody else. To this day, her grandmother is like a second mom to me, has never left my side. Eventually, I got my own place, first place at 21. My life in Memphis was me working nonstop. I always kept two jobs. While I was working at Sonic, I was working at Walmart too, or I was working at Walmart and working at Burlington too, or I was doing fine dining and working at a plasma bank. With one child, it was easy because everybody was like, okay, we don't mind keeping one kid. Everybody was very helpful. And then I had Carmen at 25. And reality started to really set in because at that point, Jordan was kindergarten. She was five, six years old. And I started to realize the area that I was staying in, it wasn't conducive for none of us. And Jordan was getting old enough to understand her environment and then had a new baby. I don't know. I realized how hard things was going to be, but I just didn't know what my move would be. All I knew was to work. Until my best friend, she's from Jackson, Tennessee as well, but she moved here in 2007 when I moved to Memphis. And so for eight years straight, my friend Whitney, Jasmine, you should move here, you should move here, you should move here, you should move here. Like, no, 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 I never left Tennessee. Colorado, like, it freaked me out, it scared me. I had just had a baby. I had a slumlord. Like, it would rain in our kitchen when they used the bathroom upstairs. We had a bed bug infestation. And then my grandmother, she passed away. And that was like my best friend. And so Whitney called me this one last time and she was like, hey Jasmine, I will pay for you and the girls plane tickets if you move out here. At that point, I was like, what do I have to lose now? You know, single mom with two kids, working two jobs. So we end up moving up out here September 2015. Two kids, two suitcases, and $200. Luckily, Whitney, she is an alumni of Warm Village, and she went through pretty much everything that I'm going through now. She went through it. She even stayed here in Brunetti and became a homeowner. And so we moved in with her for a month, and then we got accepted into Warm Village. Once we got into Warm Village, everything changed. Jasmine's story continues after the break. We'll be right back. A frequent question we get about this podcast is, who funded it? Well, uh, we did. Which is to say that this is an independent production that was a labor of love. But our plan is to use this space to highlight some of the great work that sponsor organizations are doing to cultivate an elevated Denver. And if you're listening to this piece of audio, it means that there's room for us to share your story right here. We'll work with you to write a one to two minute story about the good work that you're doing and how it came to be. And then I'll read it and we'll play it right here. 
so that more people can learn about your commitment to this community. That's good for you, and it's good for us, because your sponsorship will help this work and help us get it out to more people. If you want the details, just go to the contact page at www.elevateddenver.co and fill out the form, and we'll be in touch. Now, back to the show. Let's pick up Jasmine's story right where we left it. She was just saying that when she and her two daughters got into Warren Village, everything changed. Warren Village gave us structure because I was used to allowing people to live with me. I was used to my family telling me what I should or should not do. And I was always trying to please my family and never thought about myself. When I got to Warren Village, it was more so like, we're going to help you navigate to your goals. We're not going to tell you what to do and we're not judging you. We're just going to try to help maneuver you in the right direction. We moved in, and I'll never forget. It was only a two-bedroom apartment, but Jordan was so happy that we were finding our own space. She immediately just started putting her shoes in the closet. Like, as soon as we moved in, like, that was the first thing she did. This is my room. This is the closet. This is our stuff. And it, like, I'm getting goosebumps because I cried. You know, you never know how things affect your children, especially when they're that little. You don't know that it's so impactful to them. Starting at Warren Village, I learned how to become more organized and schedule times when they have doctor's appointments, daycare. I began school, actual college schooling. I had a really bad complex about it because I would go into these classes and I'm like, I'm the oldest one in here. I got kids. These are young kids. To the point where I was telling my professors how I felt and they was like, Jasmine, you are not the first or the last adult to be in a college class. Like, don't worry, stop stressing yourself out. I had to really shake that off. And I think it actually fell off once I realized I passed a semester for the first time. It wasn't straight A's, it was like a couple of C's, a couple of D's, but it was passing and I had never thought that I would be even the college type. So that in itself pushed me to even be a star student for CCD. I won the Breakfast of Champions. I have a picture on the Ouija's box. I won multiple scholarships. I won the Martin Luther King Scholarship. I worked for the admissions office at Warren Village. They offered so many opportunities to thrive. We have our life skill classes that we were supposed to do three times a month. Our children had childcare for us to attend these classes. We had our advocates to talk to on a regular basis. We had resources offered to us on a regular basis. Warren Village, I don't think they get enough credit. Although we are residents in their facility and we have affordable rent, they give us the opportunity to explore spaces that we never thought that we would be in. They offered me to go to the All-Star Breakfast. That was the first gala, anything like that in my life that I had ever been to. They don't have all the residents sitting together. They have us at each table with all the big pocket donors for us to have conversations with them and helping us realize these are just regular people just like we are, you know? And I think that really changed everything for me because 
I felt a part of something, but I also felt like I was somebody. And that feeling of being somebody took it to the next level. I went to multiple galas. I was chosen to be a representative for Warren Village when we went to the housing conference in 2017. Sitting at workshops, sitting with these people, like I got to go to Vail. Never in my life, you know? And then in 2019, Warren Village asked me to be the alumni speaker for their gala. And it was at the Ritz Carlton. I sat at the table with the mayor and the CEO of Warren Village. And you know, like my kids were able to enjoy that opportunity and my little sister. I was able to let them see something different, you know? I'm getting goosebumps all over again. And it was life changing to even be like, I spoke in front of a group of people at the Ritz Carlton. Come on, you know, like, oh. all eyes were on me at this time, you know? And people were crying and I had standing ovations. I'm just like, I'm just talking, you know? And amazing. Warren Village gave me so many opportunities to be the speaker. That's why I felt so confident. I appreciate them on so many different levels. Once I transitioned out of Warren Village, we had gotten housing at a brand new housing facility. It had just opened. Me and my girls were the first people in that unit. And I'm just like, what is happening? This is so crazy. I'm so appreciative, so grateful. And we were still close to Warren Village. And that was my main thing, because I tell people Warren Village is like grandma's house, you know, big mama house. Like, that's where my family is. Moving there, it changed, I guess, my standard, too, of living. When you never had better, you know, you don't know better. And now that I have, it's like, it's a certain way I want to live moving forward in my life. I work at Bayi Enterprises as an employment specialist. It'll be a year, September 9th. The vision board came when I had wrote my goals out as well. And I have on here inspirational people like Kamala Harris, letting me know, and not only me, but my children know, like sky's the limit on whatever you wanna be in this world. My end goal is to be an impact. So positive role models in the community and just realizing my worth also when I look at this because I've accomplished many things. I love government. I've spoke at the Capitol. That's what the picture of Kamala represents for me, for Viola Davis or Zendaya. They are very strong black women. And everything else, the little words, knowledge is power. You made it, discover the possibilities. Just because you have reached one goal does not mean that's the end. Like keep shooting for the stars and who's to say what will happen. I want to cook at home more often because my children has horrible, horrible appetites based on the fact that we always ate out. And so I'm trying to change that for them. And I can't cook either, so I'm really trying to work on that because I'm like, maybe if I know how to cook, I'll get a husband soon. So, <laughs> budget my income because this is my first big girl job, benefits and everything, and I just want to make sure that I'm saving appropriately. And then grow a relationship with God. Other than that is tell it like it is just because I shy away from 
my truth and telling people how I feel because I'm more worried about how they feel. So I'm trying to get into that. Now that's really hard. And then manifest it. If I want something, I have to speak it into the universe and make it known. So I'm trying to be, I guess you can say overall more positive with what I'm doing in the world and how I'm moving. And especially with them watching, I have to make sure everything is good. In the months that followed our interview with her, Jasmine has taken a position working for Warren Village directly, helping other mothers to benefit from the support that helped her and her daughters. Jasmine also joined the advisory board for this podcast to help us make sure that we're getting all of this right. But there's something that sets Jasmine apart from many of the other mothers fighting to secure housing for their families. It's that in her story, she made no mention of domestic violence. In our next episode, we'll add this complicated and unfortunately very common dynamic into the mix. You know, it's like those domestic violence relationships where like people ask, why don't you leave? Well, it's not that easy. There's a lot of factors involved. But people who aren't in your situation don't understand. Or people who aren't parents that don't understand. They're single parents. It's too specific to really understand if you're not in this situation. Episode 8 is next. Join us. Thank you to Nathan Church, our editor, sound designer, and barista. Production was provided by Havy Pro Cinema. Elevated Denver is produced and critiqued by Tony Minardi. Strategy, planning, and social distancing are provided by Jonna Flood. The all-local music you heard in this episode is thanks to our music supervisor, Zach Warkenton, and features Onokan, Greensleeves, and Sarah Slate. Thank you also to China Califf, who helped to develop the idea for this production. I'm your director and host, Nathan Havey. If you want to go deeper, you'll find background and extras at elevateddenver.co, like Colorado. And while you're there, jump on the email list so we can be in touch and hopefully get your help, too. It's going to take all of us to build an elevated Denver. With you, dance in the sun.